Greetings and salutations for a Friday, April 24th, 2020. I, the only reason or way that I can tell you that that's the date is because it's on my computer screen. <laughs> I, I, the, the amazing thing about it is I, I spent a lot of time talking to people throughout my day uh, and it, it, it seems like something, I and mean, I said this to actually somebody I was talking to today, is that there, it seems like I said something yesterday, and it feels like three days ago. I don't know if anybody else is feeling that way, but these days are just simply merging, and they are just a convenience, not, not a convenience, a, um, a date on the calendar, <laughs> rather than a sense of reality from one day to the next. Uh, we, I think we probably, I do at least, count on the variety that is contained within a single day uh, to, to separate one day from another. But it sure seems that these days are merging and I keep doing the same thing over and over again with just with different faces. And, and I'm not really sure when I have said what. And that's slightly scary in some respects so as i said before welcome to friday april 24th uh, and uh, i am dr ray mitch your host uh, this is the love you later bye podcast the psych monologues as i'm referring to it because it, that's what it is uh, and i i am just basically using this uh, platform briefly for a period of time maybe it'll continue maybe it won't just to reflect on life as we know it life as we live it uh, and uh, provide some uh, thoughts or reflections as we continue to uh, face the changing world that we're in i uh, there's a couple things i want to just get out of the way early and then i'll probably repeat them at the end just to to refresh um, all 10 of you that are listening's mind. Uh, but uh, if you're interested and you want to subscribe to the podcast, um, I am uh, uh, hosting it on a platform called Podbean. Uh, yes, I know it's odd, uh, but it is a, it's the place where I'm hosting my podcasts and you can certainly subscribe to it there by looking up under my name, uh, Ray Mitch. Uh, another alternative is to look at, at uh, on my website, drmitch.com. Don't forget the S in my last name, M-I-T-S-C-H.com. And click on the uh, CCU tab and it'll take you down and you'll see the Love You Later by podcast. And uh, you can listen to it there. Uh, I, I am probably going to be adding, well, I will be adding... Uh, a link so that you can subscribe to the podcast if you so choose. Podbean actually allows you to download a player so that you can follow it. And every time I release a new one, um, you will be notified of that as annoying as that might be. So uh, that's a few things to keep in mind. There's a variety of resources on my website. I've been writing blogs and other things on there for uh, actually quite some time. Uh, probably over a decade now that I've been writing uh, stuff there and most of it has been for my benefit not yours I'll just be uh, open and honest about that 
um, just to try to sort out my own thoughts and heart and what what's been going on in there and and uh, hoping not really hoping um, finding that maybe some people can relate and and uh, resonate with some of the thoughts and things that I throw up there so um, the other thing I want to bring to your attention and it will be a developing thing uh, because it is very much the passion of my heart is something that I do at CCU, and that is a, a, a silent retreat. Uh, silence is a unique thing that we have. It actually has been very much um, implanted in the Christian spiritual formation mind uh, of taking the time to be in silence and solitude. I talked a little bit about that with the last podcast last night, um, but it has a way of clarifying for us our own thoughts, but also it clears out all of the head trash and debris that is in our own hearts and minds and actually allows us a space to listen to what God and His Holy Spirit might have to say to us. And so uh, the 13 years that I've been at CCU, about two, one or two years into it, I decided that uh, I would talk to my students about a silent retreat and I had five brave souls that says that said take us on one and that was the beginning of it and uh, that was uh, a long time ago it was once a year I ended up doing it in the spring and uh, we have slowly but surely microscopically grown each year as I mentioned it to my classes and uh, we are now at the point where we are doing it twice a year, uh, once in the fall, once in the spring. Uh, unfortunately, this spring has gotten canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. And it is my uh, uh, very passionate hope that we will be able to do one in the fall uh, with students. I have uh, a grand total of 20, which is way bigger than I have the capacity to do. Uh, to, to who wants want to go on this retreat it is a very unique time I think generally in in our world of uh, the evangelical world at least is that we think of retreats as uh, having a speaker having content uh, having uh, uh, a workbook or something that we work through and um, interacting with other people that are at the retreat or whatever that might look like and, and, and walking away and saying, wow, that was so profound, which in a lot of cases, it really has, has been profound for a lot of people. I've led retreats like that. On the other hand, imagine for a moment a retreat, a, a, a getting away, a silent retreat, where the only person you're focused on to teach you anything is God and God alone, not a speaker, uh, maybe his word, maybe some reading that you might do, but allowing yourself to sit in God's presence and listen to his spirit and, and uh, see what comes up and see what is spoken to your heart. A lot of people would say that um, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to do that. I have a lot of people that actually say that. A lot of students say that. Is I, I could not, never possibly do something like that. I, I can barely be quiet for two minutes. I can't imagine being silent for 
22 hours or 21 hours. Uh, the one thing that's unique about our silent retreat, and this is not an infomercial for our silent retreat, but um, but I'm going to make it an infomercial, uh, is that it, it's really very unique in terms of what we do because it, it is a silent retreat that is done with other people. You're still having your solitude and time to spend the day on your own with God, um, but it it's done in community and the unique thing about it is is that we actually sit and do a debrief every evening uh, of what god's teaching us and it's it's not for anybody else but ourselves to really share and and reflect on what what god's up to and and i've had plenty of people that come into the into that debrief time it's usually every evening after dinner uh, and uh, there's a lot of people that come in and say, mm, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I don't feel anything. Um, and But as they sit and listen to each other, because after all, I think in a lot of ways, our spiritual formation is not only a, um, solitude, a solo thing, uh, individual thing between me and God, but it is also something in community, to be done in community. We're meant to actually do things that way. So um, th- that is, I think, something thoroughly unique. It, uh, I, I don't, I'm not trying to pitch this as, as something that is um, uh, uh, better than anybody else, or it's not done in comparison to anybody else. But the one thing I have seen over the years of doing this, particularly with students who usually don't s- slow down fast enough or detoxify from the social media in their lives long enough to actually experience something like this. And, and I have been privileged and honored to be a witness to some absolutely remarkable things happen in those debrief times. Um, not only experiencing and tasting community, I think, as we were designed to have it, but also to see God move in remarkable, remarkable ways in, in regards to that. So my re- request to those of you who are listening, um, and if you know anybody that might be interested in supporting us, um, eventually over time, I, I don't know that it's going to be immediate, but I am going to be posting a GoFundMe page to support and provide for students who want to go on a silent retreat each fall, each, each spring, who really can't afford it. And, and, and this is not exorbitantly expensive, but it's more expensive for students than anybody else because they're working three or four jobs and trying to go to school and do all sorts of other things that are that are um, that really make finances a real issue and that's what we face at ccu uh, as a university we are facing that in the fate in what we're in right now i think every university feels like it's on very tenuous footing in terms of funding and other things like that particularly a private christian university so keep your eyes peeled be sure to, to check out the webpage every now and again. You might want to subscribe. Uh, it's on the right-hand column of my, of my front page. Uh, just to stay up to date about um, things that have been posted and other things that, that come, uh, come up. 
uh, it will be there where you'll uh, be notified that a GoFundMe page is now live. Um, but I, I would uh, ask people to prayerfully consider. I know that there are lots of uh, uh, pitches and asks about um, funding and, and supporting people that are in need. And I, I get that entirely. Um, but I, I, I would say that this is, this is a very, very worthy cause. I can't offer any tax exempt status or anything like that. Um, but sponsoring one student, just to give you a perspective, sponsoring one student to go on, on the retreat for one day <clears throat> is uh, $110. I know that's steep. I, uh, and and uh, CCU has to make some very difficult decisions in terms of where it directs its funds. And a, a silent retreat is um, uh, somewhat low on the priority list in terms of all the other things that are part of the landscape of of services and student activities and everything else that are really part of the warp and woof of student life at CCU. And that's not, you know, when I say that, I'm not really pointing any uh, gun at, at anybody about that. It's just a reality that we live with at CCU. So I would, uh, I, I would request uh, your, your prayerful consideration for us um, to support our silent retreats that we do twice a year uh, for students that um, are seeking to find God's heart and even return to their own uh, to, to experience a spiritual ex, uh, a, a, a silence and solitude that they probably wouldn't otherwise experience and renew their relationship. Uh, some even find a relationship with, with Jesus. And that's, that's a unique thing that we have. And so... Anyway, I, I didn't really intend for this to turn into an infomercial for our silent retreats, but it is a passion of my heart for my students, for our students to experience. Uh, and uh, we are facing not really a financial crisis by any stretch of the imagination. CCU is, is wonderfully well positioned and, and on solid footing. Um, but I'm concerned for my students and for what they uh, get to experience and this is a unique enough experience, different from, from the usual that is typical of a Christian university, that I would uh, put that out for people to consider and think about. So enough of the, enough of the pit, uh, pitches. I, I, it is, uh, like I said, it's very much of a passion of my heart. So, okay, moving on. Um, uh, what I want to take a minute to do, I, I've already used up, um, half of my time already, but one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, was um, in light of where we are is how do we handle, because it's, the, the things that we're experiencing around this pandemic and around being isolated and quarantined and some of that is beginning to loosen up. And people are starting to breathe a little bit easier because they can get out. It's now not uh, shelter at home. Now it's safer at home. And things, different wording around that, which is all really pretty semantics anyway. Um, but what do we do when we face losses that are, that are 
undefined in terms of how long they will last. Um, what do I do with, and I had a student actually ask me this, and I think it's a bigger question a lot of people are asking, is how do I adapt to a loss that keeps changing, that it always seems like every day I turn around and something new is being changed or restricted or I begin to have a greater realization of just all that I've lost. And that that is the landscape oftentimes in loss, even when we're not talking about a pandemic, is we look for the horizon. We are really geared toward that. And, it, and my assumption is, is that if I actually can see the horizon, if I can see where it's going to start to change, then I calibrate my expectations. I calibrate how I adapt to it, all according to about how much more time I'm going to have to put out uh, all of my energy, all of my you know, um, um, efforts geared toward that amount of time. But what happens when you get there and you realize there's a lot more to go? I mean, when you're climbing a mountain, it's very much like that. You, you're sure that the, the, whatever you see ahead of you is the top. And then when you get there, you realize it's kind of a false uh, crest where it, 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 you get there and you're seeing even farther to go and you've calibrated all of your efforts and energy just to get to that point and then you realize you got to put out more and that's how these losses oftentimes are is is that I thought this was it and now I get now even though the anger has been percolating for a while now I really get angry because I'm limited and I thought I, I was ready I, I was going to find the end. So how do we adapt to the ongoing losses we experience? And that that is very much a part of the landscape, I think, that we face when we're talking about um, this pandemic and some of the things that change. I mean, I think most of us would say, or we have heard, that we're really not going to go back to the normal we had before, whatever that was. And so how do we define what that is and then how do we go on beyond that and I, I guess the bigger question I would ask is is why why do I need that so bad and my hunch is is that I I build my ability to manage things on the level of control I feel like I can have once I get to that point See, we've grown fairly comfortable and before this pandemic uh, actually hit and started to pinch uh, us in terms of having to live, being, you know, quarantined and all that jazz. Um, it, it, we had a, such a, a massive level of at least a sense of control over our worlds. And the control usually comes in the in the sense of I know what to expect, and when it happens, I know how that's going to go, and I, I can handle myself under those circumstances, and that is part of what we have to contend with now. 
So if that's the case, if I if all of my efforts and everything else is calibrated around my sense of control, then what I'm irritated about in terms of this is is that it keeps undermining my sense of control. But the question is, is what's the alternative? And usually, as I said, you know, a few days ago, I think, is, is that trust and control cannot coexist. So if I'm going to be so focused on control, then what, it, what am I missing? And control is about all about me. And trust is all about my relationship. Specifically, my relationship with God in the world that I'm in. Now, don't hear me wrong, because when I say that, it oftentimes triggers, well, I don't have enough trust, or I'm not faithful enough, or whatever that might be. And that's not what I'm saying. But I think the challenge is, is that we just buckle down and, and focus in and try to get a little farther down the road with the level of control we have. The alternative would be turning to each other in trust about what we're experiencing, the frustration and the irritation and the disappointment and the disorientation and the, the confusion and all of these things. And in the stating of those things, we validate them. And by validating them, I now have the basis for adaptation. But if I'm going to deny those, really all I have in terms of strategy is controlling the world around me. And that's why you, you, you're meeting or you're around a lot of people that can get pretty cantankerous because they're being reminded day in and day out how little control they have. And they really don't like it very much. And quite honestly, for most of us as humans, we don't like being reminded how little control we have. We like to live in this t tidy um, little world where we can fool ourselves into thinking that we have all the control we need. So the challenge we face, and this is kind of a parting thought for the week, because I'm not going to be coming back until Monday and we will launch a new week um, and, and a new set of thoughts and so forth and, and so forth. But the parting thought is, is am I going to live with a life of trust, even as Brennan Manning once said, ruthless trust of hanging on to keeping clear in my mind God's heart and the messiness of living as a human. Both. Not an either or. Just remember, it's easier to live in a world of either or. For example, it is easier to live on a teeter-totter where you're on the end that's firmly on the ground. It's way easier that way. But living in the world of trusting what God's up to, even though I don't understand it, I would really, really, really like an explanation, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not being provided it. So what do I lean on? What do I hang on to 
And it's going to be that the, what I know of or maybe what I need to find out about God's heart for me and what I can find out about God's heart in the people around me. Because when I lean on them and, and speak the disorientation and all of the things I just mentioned, I might find people look me in the eye and say, wow, I agree. I, me too. I feel exactly the same way. And in that moment in time, there is a convergence between God's heart and God's people converging and giving us the freedom to be the humans that we are with a limited understanding but a desire to be faithful and hanging on for dear life doing the best we can not trying to put a bow on something that can't really handle a bow very well because it's the metaphors all all fall apart after a while but we can do this together we can walk through this thing together if you want to put it another way, which is probably more shame-based, which is another subject for next week, is we can complain together. Well, I don't know that it's complaining. Complaining is always stating something with, with the purpose of somebody changing something else versus talking about describing the world that we live in and where I am and how it feels and everything else. And, and somebody saying, yeah, me too. Let me tell you my, my description and how I'm feeling. And we can both look at each other and say, yeah, that, that, that really sucks. <clears throat> and you'd say, well, that doesn't lead anywhere. Well, I guess that depends in terms of how we're going to define what anywhere is. Because if we focus only on the product instead of the process of connecting with one another and feeling a little less alone in in the dilemmas and in the messiness of living what we're in and having that count then i walk away a little lighter a little more known and a little more hopeful i might add because I'm not alone and I can face a little bit more, not everything all at once completely, but I can live, live a little bit more until the next time where we can renew our bonds and our ties to one another in the, the trust of being known the way we are, not as we should be. Wow. That ended up being a lot longer than I expected it to be. I ended up coming into tonight saying, I am not real sure what I'm going to talk about. Um, But I I, I want to underscore for you, um, be sure to stop by drmitch.com, subscribe to the website, go to the podcast, be sure to subscribe there if it uh, gives you thought-provoking material to think about and, and chew on for a day or two. Uh, pass it on to somebody else. Uh, we, I would love to be able to have the opportunity to, to um, have greater conversations around this stuff. I, I understand that a podcast is, is by its nature unilateral. It's only one direction, which is a little annoying to me and outside of my 
frame of reference, but I move into doing something like this really more to create a conversation amongst us rather than just me pontificating about something and hope, hoping that somebody actually cares. <laughs> and that's, that's always, I'm not fighting that uh, on a regular basis. So there you go and there you are. I hope you have a good weekend. I look forward to seeing you again on Monday. Uh, and until that time, thanks for joining me for Love Ya Later by the podcast Psych Monologues. Until then, have a good weekend.